This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm joined today by my good friend and fellow co-worker at Cornerstone, Mike Easton. He is our Global Missions Director and heads up Salt Network Global. And Mike, good to have you. How are you doing today, man? Hey, doing well, man. I'm uh, hopefully doing a little better than you are these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm still in the COVID phase of uh, life right now. So if my voice is scratchy or if I cough a little bit, sorry about that. Uh, all in all, feeling better each day. My energy is kind of slowly yeah, coming back. Glad that you feel a little bit better, at least to do a podcast. You got a nice little gruff going on too with your yeah. uh, no shave. <laughs> Yeah, I'm close to no shave November today. <laughs> I'm basically doing no shave uh, COVID because yeah. I think it makes me a little look a little more COVIDy. I don't know if that's an actual word, but I was like, you got to do something, and I don't have to. Normally, the face needs to look at least somewhat presentable, and my beard does not look presentable in any way. So, <laughs> same here, man. <laughs> we're going with it. So, Mike, our topic today is not no shaven beards. Our topic today is actually state of global missions. And um, in particular, what we see God doing in the world. And this is a topic that I wanted to talk about because it's just a really, really unusual time uh, in our world and with COVID and all that. So, what we're going to do is kind of, I'm going to ask some of the rapid fire questions that I have. And then particular, uh, at the end, we're going to get into some of what we're trying to focus on with university students through Salt Network Global. So I just hope people come away with a sense of how to pray right now for God's work in the world and kind of a sense of some of what God is doing in some uncertain times. So, Mike, I'm going to rapid fire some questions. You're our missions expert here, and I want to know what's going on. So the first one I'm going to start with is just the one that you have to ask in 2020, which is... When we look at global missions out there in 2020, and we have COVID happening, all of this, um, what is COVID and this kind of global pandemic doing in the state of global missions? Yeah, so it's it's definitely challenging. If you can imagine, a lot of people have had to leave their countries, um, you know, first of all, because of just getting away from the virus before it came to the United States, a lot of people exited. So many of our folks that were, were overseas were actually pretty close to the epicenter of where a lot of this uh, came out of. And so they kind of were fleeing at that point, the, you know, what was going on. And that was the case for many missionaries for a little while was just getting out of the countries. Um, you know, we found after a while, was that they actually, you know, America became the hotspot. Now we have difficulty getting back over to those countries um, because for one of the first times ever, America is actually the, you know, more of the issue than the challenges that we face in some of those other countries. And so it's it's created a very big challenge for American uh, missionaries to be overseas. And so those who have like long-term visas or those who are in places that are maybe a little more secure have are able to be over there and continue to stay. But many people who are doing student 
work or uh, teaching or things like that are, are back in the States right now. But I think one of the cool things that it's done is in many places, it's kind of forced that handing over to nationals. You know, Americans can a lot of times be a little, hold on to things a little too tightly. And we work really hard with our people to not do that, but they do sometimes. And so it's been awesome to see what the local church, how they step up and, and do things and how they're continuing to fight through this challenging time to see God's uh, glory move forward amongst the nations. Yeah, it's a, it has been fun on one sense because I have a lot of friends who are back in Ames, but it is disappointing because I realize why they're back in Ames, mm-hmm. you know, is they're back in Ames when they would much rather be overseas in a place of uh, missions work. And so yeah, we're praying. Is there anything particular in that, just before we go further, where you think praying in COVID season for global missions, anything particular that you're praying for, Mike? Yeah, for sure. So I think, first of all, just the strength of the national partners that we have. So people that are on this overseas that are, you know, in that same ethnicity in that country that are doing the work, um, just that they'd be able to step up and be strong in this time and that they'd have creativity to know how to do um, things in COVID. They're already figuring out how to do church when they've never really seen church. And then to also have to do this in the midst of a pandemic. What's cool is they're just so used to having to be creative and so used to having life be difficult because of government persecution or things like that, that this doesn't feel as difficult for them as probably it does for us to be able to make these changes. Um, And so their, their ability to adapt has been really awesome, but you you could continue to pray for like a lot of creativity for them and just like the grit to step up and move, move forward in the midst of these things. Um, For our people in particular, uh, you know, I, what I'm praying for is definitely that we can get back to the countries that we were planning to go in January, but maybe even more so than that. I'm just, I, I've seen since this thing began, I've had this overwhelming sense of like peace in the midst of, you know, kind of the craziness. I mean, it was January 22nd wow. <laughs> when we got some of our That's people incredible. out of, uh, you know, so it's like nine months and they've been all over the place since then. And so you could pray for just their uh, their grit, their ability to continue on in the midst of all the craziness that's happening. Um, and we would really love for them to get back to their, their countries that they were in in January. But more than that, we really want to hear what God is doing. And it has been really hard to hear and to see where God is moving because many of the places uh, just aren't granting visas to Americans right now. And so you can pray for wisdom for us and grit for our missionaries to go overseas as well as just creativity for the national workers. Mm, I love that. Okay, so I'm going to do a rapid fire. This is somewhat unfair, but I want to go continent by continent in the world and kind of get a snapshot of kind of the state of global missions right now. So let's start with the the hotbed of global missions, Antarctica. What are you seeing happen? Okay, we're going to skip that one. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's Bible studies in Antarctica, but I don't Likely. think there's anything much beyond that. So let's go over um, kind of, we'll start actually in the Northern Hemisphere, kind of think North America and into Central America, what kind of state of global missions in the gospel right now there, Mike? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think North and South America are facing a lot of the same things right now, where there's a big amount of spread that's happening in each one of those places. And uh, we haven't really done a whole lot to lock down those those spreads in those places. And so the churches are facing very similar things. And, and in North and South America and Central America, we have similar type of church that we're doing, where we have larger gatherings in those places. Um, there, When you think about unreached people groups, which means like they have less than 2% Christian within in their uh, within their country, there's really not any of those. There's some of those in North and South America, but there's not a ton of those. And so the majority of North and South America meet without persecution or without difficulty. And so they're facing really the kind of the same things that we are. How do they social distance? How do they make sure that they um, you know spread out a little bit and and uh, mask wearing and all those same sorts of things that that you would deal with. <laughs> Do you see, so when we see like the, we talk about, I'm going to throw a term out here that applies some to South America, particularly when we talk about like the global South, uh, for Mm -hmm. instance, that's a term we talk about. What would that refer to in general, Mike? And kind of what are we seeing there in global missions? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what's really fun about, um, you know, the gospel movements these days is uh, there, like Mark was saying, there's this term called the global south. And the idea of this is that the the gospel centers in the world are actually moving from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere. So you think of places like Brazil or even India or Indonesia or some of these places that, and definitely like sub-Saharan Africa is a huge uh, portion of this, um, really South America and sub-Saharan Africa are becoming some of the most central places of Christianity right now. So when you think of like Christendom, so to speak, um, you know, or whatever, it's, it's moving and really missions movements are moving uh, a lot out of these days out of Brazil, out of Nigeria, Mm -hmm. some of those places. And very quickly, those, those locations will overtake the U S as like the largest missionary sending places. And so, um, what's cool about South America being in sub-Saharan Africa being more reached places is that they are doing a great job now mobilizing people to places in Africa, like North Africa, where there's a lot of Muslim work that's happening. And Brazilians are, kind of all over the world um, and many cities that we're, that we're in have Brazilians that are, that are missionaries in those places wow. also. That, that's one of the coolest things I think in global missions right now is seeing the movement from a place that was a target of global missions becoming now in our day a sending center for global missions. And that's, yeah. that's something even as you think about sub-Saharan Africa, I had the chance to visit a, a little over a year ago, I was in Kenya and just to see the progress of the gospel in Kenya and the stunning thing, they talked about the movement of global population where you see these world cities that within about 20 years, a huge portion of the major cities in the world, like population wise, will be in sub-Saharan Africa just because of the growth of the population and the youth of the population in sub-Saharan Africa. So it's both a huge target for gospel work and a huge target for now. Missionaries aren't doing the front line, let's go reach the people initially every time. They're doing a lot of, let's help these people to get a heart for global missions and help them be sent to the next nation and the next nation. Okay, so moving on, we kind of got North and South America. Let's talk Europe, Mike. What is the state of uh, missions and kind of gospel expansion in Europe? 
Yeah. Yeah. So Europe is is really in a pretty dire state as far as missions goes. And, you know, you wouldn't think initially that you should be considering doing missions within within Europe. Um, but actually just kind of post-World War One, post-World War Two, uh, really led to a lot of like, um, you know, uh, postmodern Christianity, that sort of idea. And, and basically, they've had a lot of difficulty since then continuing on the church. The church has kind of failed them a lot in that in that time. It was too institutionalized. And so now you're seeing in many places in Europe, uh, very much less than 1% of places. And so Europe is much more lost than, let's say, like China or Indonesia from a percentage standpoint. And so you just, you think about that and that's really surprising. And so we're actually considering Europe as one of our locations for summer trips next next summer and even wow. some long-term missions opportunities just because it is incredibly lost. And one of the interesting things about Europe is we probably could do cross-cultural missions a little more closely to how we do SALT Network churches here in the U.S. too. And so it presents some really interesting opportunities for us hmm. um, as a church. Yeah, so you're seeing a drastic decrease in Christianization yeah, in Europe. Drastic. That's and you're also seeing huge uh, influx of Muslim populations as oh, well. Wow. And so yeah, it becomes right. a really interesting um, field of opportunity that we haven't quite tapped into yet, but hopefully maybe COVID is allowing us an opportunity. This is where I have had the peace and where it's been cool. It's like, I think it's allowing us some opportunities to see some other things that are in the world mm -hmm. that we could we could do. And traditionally people have stayed away from Europe because the gospel has gone through Europe. And so it doesn't technically qualify as like unreached people group in that way. But um, one of my, one of my friend uh, mission pastors just said like, they're kind of like forgotten peoples, you know, they're, we've kind of forgot to continue to do the work in those places. And so we need to rethink about getting the wow. gospel to a place like Europe. So let's move down from Europe to Africa. So we've mentioned a little of the global south. Uh, when you take a snapshot and you look at kind of Africa and even up a little bit, Mike, into the Arabian Peninsula, mm -hmm. Mesopotamia, that sort of region, what do you see there? Yeah. So North Africa and the Middle East are some of the most unreached places in the world at this at this time. And they're also some of the most difficult places for Americans to be able to work. Um, one of the really cool things, though, that's that's happening is the amount of like Arab believers um, that are beginning to get a heart for um, for the work. And so from my vantage point, the movements that I'm seeing happen uh, are really coming through Arab Christians that are that are either partnered with like uh, non-Arab non missionaries or they just have come out of it themselves. I was having a conversation the other day with a, a group from Egypt that basically they're mobilizing Egyptians to do house church movements in the Arabian Peninsula. And they've kept up with all their numbers and different things like that. And they've seen uh, over 10,000 churches planted oh in, through this movement, you know, in that area of the world. But I just, you know, was, until I talked to this guy, I had no idea that that much was going on just amongst the Arab people. And so that's a particular place where we're seeing when when the gospel takes root in an Arab person's life, that's one of the best ways to get it out. So we're still thinking about how to send workers to those places, but we're also asking the question, like, how do we really help nationals do the work in a place like that? That's really difficult for Americans to, to be in. But it is, as far as the, the two most like lost regions in the world or the frontier missions regions, it'd be kind of the North Africa, Middle East, and India would be those two main wow. frontiers okay. these days. So we, we talked about 
this actually with a friend last week. I was talking with him, Mike, and he had, he has a friend. They are doing work in the in the kind of Arabian Peninsula area, Middle East, and they one of the things they do is they run a website that mm-hmm. is pa- basically targeted toward Arabs. And yeah. they said since COVID hit, they went from thirty hits a day to six hundred plus hits a day on this mm-hmm. gospel site. Mm-hmm. So there's a bubbling up. You may not see it on the face of questions. Some when when the worldview you're inside of can't handle the weight of the situation that you face, mm-hmm. um, it prompts questions. And so I think we're seeing that even. So yeah, sub-Saharan. yeah, we've got lots of people doing that, and uh, we've got other folks that are using Facebook quite a bit. One of our uh, main partners in India is using Facebook advertising to be able oh to my goodness, get that's the gospel awesome. out through all those things. And so it's it's there is a good use for Facebook, Mark. I'm gonna so I'm know. writing that down. I'm writing that down. That, that's one. We've got one. One. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. So go in Africa, Mike. Kind of further south. You get past the kind of North Africa into this, we call them sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. region. G- give a quick snapshot of that. Yep. Yeah. So this was the region of the world that, you know, when you think like frontier missions up until probably the 50s or 60s or so was really, the, there wasn't a whole lot of gospel movement that was happening in those places. But um, but since that time, because of all the great work of some of the famous missionaries like David Livingston and some others like that, the gospel really has gone forward in sub-Saharan Africa. The challenge is that, you know, you may have, uh, you know, up to 60 some percent of people that call themselves Christians in that part of the world. But the the real challenge with it, though, is that a lot of that gospel is really centered around the prosperity gospel. And so their their theology is very thin. And many people have come to know Jesus because of the promise of, well, come to know Jesus with quotes, um, because of the promise of prosperity rather than the hope that is found uh, in Jesus. And so that's a huge challenge. So even though um, even though there's a lot of evangelicalism in sub-Saharan Africa, the question of how strong it is, is a big question. So we need to think a lot about um, how do we help strengthen those groups more so than like trying to take the um, gospel or like take over the church from them, but how do we go in and help train pastors or help uh, come alongside missionaries to uh, to do that work? And that's another place where we think we could potentially do Salt Network-like churches in that place mm-hmm. as well. So let's go to Asia, Mike. So you have kind of like the major Asia sections of kind of the Russia, Asia, but also then South Asia, Southeast Asia. It's a huge continent, obviously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. give us some some snapshot of God's work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so in kind of Russia, Central Asia, um, you you see a little bit more gospel movement than you do amongst the Mideast. And you still have a lot of high Muslim populations in those locations, but, but there's a little bit more freedom in those places to be able to share. And so you're starting to see a little bit more gospel movement happening in those locations. And we, for a long time as a church, have had people in Turkey and Kazakhstan that have continued to do great work in those places and are starting to see some good things happen. Um, uh, in those locations where we've really seen the gospel move in incredible ways has been in East Asia. So when you think of East Asia, it's like China, Japan, Taiwan, 
uh, Hong Kong, those sorts of places. And, you know, China has become uh, and really will be soon like a great mission sending center. So when we talked about that global south idea, even though it's in the northern hemisphere, it still (laughs) comes along those ideas of like kind of the next Christendom. And the reason why missions is still important in China is because there's just a lot of people who don't know Jesus in that place. Um, But thankfully, we're seeing enough churches getting started there that um, that we sense that God's doing some great movement in that Mm. place. Um, Another, when you think of like Southeast Asia, you're thinking more of like Thailand, uh, Myanmar, some of those like Indonesia and things like that. Um, That's a really lost area of of the world. Um, High, uh, there's there's a lot of Buddhism in that, especially in Thailand, Myanmar, uh, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, those sorts of places. And then in Indonesia, you have very, very high Muslim population there. In fact, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. It's the size of Tennessee, has wow. 25, 250 million people in that main island. <laughs> so wrap your mind around that. But uh, but there's some incredible opportunities, especially with students in each one of those locations. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask a question, Mike. We've kind of given the flyover of the world. And in particular, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of work through Salt Network Global among university students. We're going to do kind of a follow-up podcast to this on kind of what people can do particularly to get involved in global missions and what Cornerstone in particular is focused on right now. But mm-hmm. as you're looking out, particularly to the work among university students, what are the, some of the things that you're moving toward right now and that we're seeing as opportunities as we move forward? Yeah. So, you know, as we have the SALT network here in the U.S. that's focused on reaching student cities that have over 10,000 students, you know, there's 403 of those. I think we're, we're trying to work in at least 100 of those, if possible, with our network, maybe even more. Um, it's always seemed pretty natural for us to think about taking that work that's happening in the U.S. and extending it to the to the ends of the earth. And so you had you know, from the beginning when Veritas Church was planned, their very first summer, they sent a team over to me when I was overseas in East Asia and we got to host them. And some of those guys are long-term now. So that's always been the heart that we've had. Um, Over the past four or five years, that's coalesced um, to actually putting teams together of people from different SALT network churches because they really feel like family together. And there's that focus on university students. And so our team over the past two years has just looked at, okay, where are the best targets around the world to be able to go after university students? Because it seems like if we're doing that in the States and there's tons of missions, things that you can do around the world, why not just focus on university students? There's a whole lot of things you can do, but if we've got a lot of university students, they should probably reach university students too. And so that's been kind of our vision. And so we, we've come up with a list of like, uh, like 150 cities around the world that have over 100,000 university students in them. And uh, 100 of those are in that sort of unreached idea of, of wow. or low access areas of the world that have less than 2% Christian. And so our vision is that, uh, you know, as an extension of Salt Network churches, that each one of them would have the chance to adopt or co-adopt, you know, like a, a city cross-culturally and that they would send uh, uh, graduating students to go be residents, to be team leaders, to be lifelong uh, overseas workers in those locations so that um, maybe within our lifetime, um, you know, we'd be able to see uh, 100 university cities with church planting teams on them or vibrant national church movements among students in those in those places. That's awesome. 
Oh, Mike, I'm super thankful for you for all the work that you've done. Um, And the team continues to do to see people go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. I mean, as we've studied through the book of Acts, we're reminded again and again that the gospel that comes to us can't stay with us. It has to keep going and that this movement of Jesus has this element of going to all the nations just embedded inside of it. And so Mm -hmm. I love your heart for that, Mike. And I, I hope that everybody listening in today, the hope we have is just in the middle of everything going on in our world and in our country. I mean, even in the midst of an election cycle and COVID and all of these things, we can forget that God is doing so much more than we ever ever see right in front of us. And we don't want to lose that sense, even in our prayers and in our hearts. And so my hope is there's just a couple pieces of what Mike shared today that would burden your heart in prayer. And then as we follow up on this episode and do another one about how you can get involved personally, that you'd continue to find ways for you to pray, to give, to send, to go, to reach out to internationals who are around you, and that there'd be opportunities for us all to make our heart more and more what God's heart is for the nation. So Mike, thanks for the opportunity to jump in with you and hear a little about what God's doing. Thanks for the time today, brother. You bet. Thanks to you. Thank you as well. 